0: I just wanted to introduce Evan um, Papp who is our presenter for today. Um, He runs Empathy Media Labs where he does a series of podcasts. You can go to his LinkedIn page and there's a lot of um, wonderful podcasts that he's posted there um, in a number of different disciplines. He publishes content on labor, uh, the political economy, arts, and culture. So we're really excited to have him today. The last thing that I want to say is I, I know many of us on here today are faculty and staff, and um, uh, we thought it would really be important to bring Evan on because this is a great way to promote our research. You now, when I started 25 years ago, um, the way you got yourself known was just by publishing as many articles as you could and going to conferences. And now, you know, the podcasts are a way to sort of promote exactly what you're doing, whether you're using it for yourself and to promote your research or you're using it with your students. We are so excited. Um, to have Evan here today to give us more insight about how to do this work. So thank you for
1: joining.
2: All right, and can everyone see my screen? Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Dr. Dave Vines, and thank you, Joe, for uh, this opportunity. And I wanna make this as informative uh, as possible, but also informal. So if you have questions, please ask them as we go. Uh, You can either raise your hands in the reactions or just stop me and, uh, you know, turn off the mute button. And uh, we're also going to have time for Q&A at the end. This is being recorded. And uh, at the in the next few days after this presentation, we'll provide a streamlined recording that's been edited down for anything that may need to be taken out. Uh, I will also be sharing the slide deck and a couple different resources on starting your own podcast, and a podcast checklist as you go about starting it. And the way this is going to be structured, I'm going to introduce myself and then go into why I think podcasting is important, go over some of the feedback from the questionnaire I shared, and then we're going to be going over the podcast production basics. And then at the second half, we're going to be doing a podcast demonstration. So I'll be looking for an interview, uh, someone to volunteer to be interviewed. So it can actually show you step by step what it will take to do a podcast. Uh, we've allocated two hours um, with time for questions and discussions. It may not need that much time, but um, if you do need to leave early and if you have questions after the presentation um, or if you stay for the full presentation, I'm going to be happy to be able to uh, answer any questions And my email Uh, will be made available. And if you just want to have a a quick check in afterwards, if you are um, going to start a podcast after this. So with that, who am I? So my background is in international development. Um, I was in the Peace Corps for three years in rural education, and then came to the mid-Atlantic Washington, D.C. area to do outreach and recruitment. And uh, then went to Jamaica for a ambulance equipment training, uh, short term uh, project, and then went to school at interna- um, at University of Maryland School of Public Policy, focusing on international security economic policy, and then went into the United States Agency for International Development, doing public affairs, everything from speech writing to internal communications to external communications, congressional work, social media, and um, In 2019, I left uh, the government and started uh, Empathy Media Lab, which is a multi-brand publishing house that focuses on political economy, art, culture, and labor. And during that time, I was very interested in doing more domestic work and uh, focusing on film and documentary. And I got connected with the Labor Radio Podcast Network, which is a network with over 150 uh, different podcasters that focus on labor and unions, and i uh, been doing a lot of work with them on editing and production. And some of the clients we've been working with, uh, the Gig podcast is focused on algorithmic management, started with season one on Uber. And this last season that I helped produce is on the care economy and how algorithmic management is kind of the future of work for, in so many places. And I also just finished uh, the labor Link podcast, which is uh, focusing on supply chains and spotlighting labor leaders in Cambodia, Thailand, and Bangladesh. And for me, podcasting has been this tremendous opportunity. It's in some ways changed my life, and I think it can change your life as well. And I, I do see a lot of excitement uh, out there. Uh, you really do find your voice as a communicator by forcing yourself to listen to your own voice, to listen to your mistakes and improve along the process. And you also find yourself connected with a wonderful group of people from every different discipline as you go through it. So I'm very excited about podcasting and I'm very excited that you're all joining me today. So we the media, now we all know about we the people, but I got interested in doing media after the Iraq War and the 2008 Wall Street bailout. I saw in some ways that the alternative media was correct on a lot of issues that wasn't being covered by the mainstream media aligned with powerful interests. And we do have this tremendous opportunity to change the media landscape with our own media, our own content that we're putting out there. We're not just passive consumers or passive observers. Uh, We are given this opportunity to actually create content, create media, and change the cultural landscape through the media that we create and the media that we consume. So in some ways, I look at it as a democratic imperative, a freedom of the press issue. Freedom of thought is constantly under pressure of faceless algorithms. So I see podcasting as another platform that can help us get our media, our ideas, our networks together to help actually make the the world a better place. On top of that, the knowledge economy is presenting a great opportunity for content creators. It's a huge growth industry to be able to create valuable content for uh, different types of audiences. And as I mentioned, I think everyone should be part of telling the collective cultural story of today and tomorrow. So why podcast? It's growing. As you can see, Uh, This source from Statistica, uh, the research has shown that over 100 million Americans listen at least one podcast each month, and it's growing every day. Now, the barrier of entry of podcasting is very low, but even with this growth, there are still over 600 blogs for every one podcast, and you're able to meet your audience uh, wherever they are, which is really great because people can be multitasking, driving, things like that. So podcast media consumption by gender, you can see this is from uh, the improv or improved podcast source. And in 2015, only 17% of men and 16% of women listen to podcasts regularly. And now fast forward to 2022, and it's almost 50% of men and 43% of women listen to podcasts on a regular monthly basis. So this is also from Improved Podcast, and you can see that the different age groups and looking to the right, people between ages 18 and 54 constitute about 70% of podcast listening audience while having only 59% of share in the total U.S. population. And it was surprising for me to see the 12 to 24 age group is actually one of the largest groups. So as we think about future audiences and where the audience is going... More the the younger groups are actually more comfortable with listening to some of these these podcasts. So many of us grew up with radio. So uh, times are always constantly changing with the technology. And the audience diversity has been growing. Uh, In some ways, it was uh, podcasting early on was more for, uh, was consumed more by a white audience. And, but that's Changing right now, there's uh, huge growth rates among among non-white podcast listeners, and it's outpacing the growth of white listeners over the past decade. Now, these are the top, this is the top 10 from a top 50 podcast list that Edison Research does, and it lists the 50 biggest podcasts by audience size based on the podcast consumer tracking report and uh, you can see that the, some of the legacy media is in there, uh, like the New York Times, but there's also a lot of upstarts and um, we are familiar with many of these names already. So I know that there are a variety of interests and uh, people may be interested in starting their own podcast and may not be interested in actually doing an education-focused podcast. But I just want to point out that there are already a community and network that you could tap into if you wanted to get into the higher education podcasting space. And so teaching in higher ed is exploring the art and science of being more effective at facilitating learning. So if it was a technical type podcast that you wanted to do, uh, You've Got This is helping academics and higher education professionals seek self-knowledge and live core values with intention. The Higher Ed Geek Podcast is exploring lives of diverse professionals, kind of doing a spotlight type podcast. The Higher Ed Heroes is also something that is similar to a spotlight, focusing on the best teachers about what works in their university classrooms. So just to give you a sense of the feedback of everyone within uh, who this current audience that uh, we're on this Zoom call. So this is uh, not the most rigorous research, but uh, just gives you a little word cloud uh, feedback on why people want to start a podcast. And education and teaching obviously are, are some of the, the main things and the main reasons. And when you're teaching, is, as we all know, as a teacher, you also have to be a tremendous student, and you end up having to learn a lot more um, than, than sometimes the students to be able to be a master of, of what you're teaching. So, people's uh, favorite podcasts and why. So, Dr. Gupta on providing information on COVID. You can see Simplified to Non-Doctors Overdue, informative and fun. Ezra Klein, Michael Lewis, Expert Questioning. My Gaming, Academia. Uh, sociological and Psychological Topics as it relates to video game culture. Hidden Brain, that's another podcast. Binge Mode, Tim Ferriss. Read to Lead, Academic Life, Academic Writing, Seth Godin. And Writing with Hattie Crystal, Accidental Creative. The Read, The Friend Zone. They're Conversational and Reflective. Uh, Next Level Leaders by Joseph W. Walker III. This American Life, uh, because Ira Glass, The Cadence Without Being Robots, Music and Interviews Seamlessly, New York Times Daily News and Happiness Project. Someone likes this uh, podcast, their podcast straight to the point. They don't like the the chitty chat. And um, there were also a few people that responded that they don't have a favorite or they don't listen to podcasts regularly. So what this list shows us is that there are a lot of podcasts on there I've never heard of, and I'm sure you have not heard of as well. And there are some podcasts on there that you may have heard of. Uh, There's such a huge variety. I think everyone can find a podcast that they do like. One of the things that I do want to emphasize, if you are interested in starting your podcast to listen to podcasts that you like, start listening to it with a critical technical ear and even start honing in on the voices that you like. It's, a, it's really important to, to hear those voices and start thinking about how you're going to articulate your own voice, your own feeling in your voice. And uh, that will give you a lot of uh, ideas for yourself when you start your own podcast. Obstacles in the way of starting a podcast. Time, fear are the two biggest ones. Uh, the time, it Creating your own podcast will take time and there is a, a pretty big learning curve, but there are tons of tools and it's easier than ever before to be able to do, to, to create your own podcast, but it will take effort, it will take work, you will fail, you will learn, you will be frustrated at times, but you also feel tremendous highs with each subsequent podcast that you create. Uh, some people have fear of sounding stupid. Um, sometimes just the, the idea of um, not liking to hear their voice is a, another uh, reason someone responded. Uh, not having time to research and uh, little knowledge to start. Technophobe, those are some of the other fears. So what do you want to learn in this podcast? And... A lot of people just said they wanted to get a basic understanding of the do's and don'ts, what makes a good uh, podcast, what's the process, uh, what are the logistics, how to grow the podcast uh, for an institute that may be working on, and uh, some step-by-step from marketing to how to do copy for advertisement. So it's going to be pretty hard to do one size fits all, but I am going to take you through the step-by-step process of Doing your first podcast and giving you some some ideas to think about and resources to work on as you develop a podcast. But this is in anybody's power uh, to do. Everyone on Zoom uh, right now is uh, capable enough. If you can get on Zoom, you can get your camera, get your audio, you're you're able to podcast, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So as Dr. Dave Vines mentioned, um, it's harder and harder for researchers to be able to reach audiences behind some of these publications that have paywalls. And the thing about a podcast, it gives you a platform to go in depth or to just kind of hit more of the surface level in publicizing your ideas, Uh, get your name out there. Whatever brand you may be pushing, and something that I find really valuable is the ability to build a community of like minds who are interested in the content that you may be um, creating. And that community will include the guests that you bring on your show, the audiences you're engaging with, and also fellow podcasters who may be working on within that um, within that top topic and sector. You can also help you become a thought leader on it. If you do it consistently enough over time, uh, people will start seeing you as someone who they can go to, to learn more and become more informed about that topic. And it can also expand your career opportunities by getting invited onto other shows where you can promote your books, your research, uh, get invited to speak on panels at events and things like that. And the more you podcast, the more comfortable you get. in speaking about some of these topics. However, speaking to people in the higher education, you also are um, already very well-spoken articulate because you do have to get up and and, uh, teach um, often. So just once again, uh, we the media is uh, not just us as individuals, but I do wanna just emphasize that there is this window of democratization of media. And I do in some ways see it opening on one level, but it could also be closing. This window is not gonna be open forever necessarily. Um, Looking around, you should look around everyone on this call. This has a potential to start a JHU podcast network uh, and really get your voice out there. And I think in the history of media tools, going back to the printing press, I think it's just incredible, the internet, any individual is able to broadcast to anyone around the world at any time. And that may not always be, The reality in the future. We see the internet becoming more fragmented. There's different systems, different censorship, and things like that. That's why I think it's so important for us to get involved in the actual creation of media and not only what we consume, but in working with our community to get the ideas out there that are important. All right. So, hopefully, everyone has uh, either a notepad in front of them or uh, have a separate window from the Zoom that they can start jotting down some ideas. And uh, even if you're not really set on, hey, I'm, I'm not even sure I want to do this podcast thing yet, um, I, I would ask you, um, we're, we're going to set aside a few minutes uh, and a couple slides forward just to have people write down and brainstorm some ideas so that they can be thinking, cogitating about you know, what if they did start this podcast or what, what is, if you do start this podcast, these are some things that you want to start adding notes and it can kind of uh, spur some and, and help catalyze uh, your movement into doing more research into launching your podcast. So your why and what. So why do you want to podcast? It's, uh, it's going to be more than one answer. Uh, As mentioned, all the benefits, those could be all the reasons why you want to do it. And the what is what do you want to podcast about? What is the topic? What is this theme? So the because the barrier of entry of podcasting is very low. And there's so many different podcasts out there. The more you can focus in on what you want to look at, and you find that niche, the more um, opportunity and, and more success you'll ultimately find. So uh, I I personally like to go pretty broad and wide in general, and that's why I created a kind of umbrella publishing platform. But I also realize that it's very important to have sub brands that really focus in on different niches. And uh, though it doesn't rhyme, uh, niches are riches. And uh, The more you can get into your niche, the more riches you can find. So asking who is your audience and why would they be interested in your podcast? Is it uh, just the information? Is it you? Is it your voice? Is it your emotion? Is it your passion, your energy? Is it the guests that you're able to bring on? And then thinking about some of the goals of what you hope to do over time. So over time, I want to have my own brand, my podcast up and running that then translates into X, Y, and Z. Maybe I do want it to become, excuse excuse me, profitable at some time. And I find it very empowering because you are the creator. This is your content. This is yours to create. And you you need to develop a plan and, um, what is your call to action? Is it, hey, read this uh, publication paper, buy this book, um, listen to my next episode that I'm going to be uh, covering this topic or interviewing this guest. Uh, follow me on social media. What, what is the call to action? And I think it's important also to have a skills assessment, self-assessment to see where you're at. So this source uh, was taken from uh, Stratford, but you are all familiar with this as educators about the shape of your learning curve. And it could be a little bit of a slow beginning and then steep acceleration. And you just need to keep trying and keep learning. And that takes time and that can be frustrating at times, but that's also where working with others who've already gone through this. And uh, like I said, if you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to... Um, share more specific examples as you go through your journey on this. So these are some ideas about what will make your podcast good. So trying to stay in that niche, sticking to a topic or central idea so that those people who are interested in that keep coming back to it. And keeping the audience at the center of your content. Always thinking about how you can better present the information, how you can make it more engaging, more entertaining, uh, reaching out to your audience, getting feedback, having them um, provide uh, ideas for guests and content. A consistent, a consistent publishing schedule can be very important as well so that even if you're only starting off once every couple of weeks, um, that it tries to go out the same time. Um, that day, uh, that Thursday, or every Thursday, or every other Thursday. Also, having a consistent format. So, someone who expects to hear their daily news uh, five minute summary podcast, if they are waking up and they suddenly see that's an hour, they're not going to listen to it. So, having a consistent format. Um, if you're starting off, usually we'll, we'll go into a little bit of the different times, but having consistent format, beginning and middle, and then being passionate about what you're doing, it'll shine through in your, your end product. So it's, that's why it's so important to be um, interested in the topic and in your niche. So podcast to length, and this gives you a little bit of a view of different podcast timing. Um, this is coming from the Improved podcast uh, as a source. And so if you only have one format of all episodes, try to keep them the same length. And as you're looking at it, you usually want to, the, the, <clears throat> the sweet spot is 15 to 40 minutes. And this should be a part of your podcast planning before your launch. And of course, you can change the length. It's your show. Uh, if you want to mix it up and try a variety, uh, that's that's encouraged until you find something that you're comfortable with. But it's important to let your audience know in advance. Also, what's your format going to be? Is it going to be an interview style? Uh, I find this to be one of the easiest ways to start a podcast because you're Um, able to kind of rely on your guest to bring in new information that you may not have. Of course, you have to do your due diligence and research, and we're going to get into that. Uh, The solo host monologue is where you as educators and publishers and writers and researchers, you may want to go this route where you're actually talking about your research and um, really kind of focusing on that. Getting into the co-hosting uh, can be um, a really great thing if you have chemistry with that person and if you both have the same level of commitment, which can be really hard sometimes to find that person with the same level of commitment, uh, but that, that is also an option. Now the non-fiction documentary style and the fiction audio drama, I, I think they're great and I've made some of those as well, but they do take a lot more uh, work on the back end of editing um, doing research, grabbing the the audio files and things like that All right, so you are the creator and you're it's important for you to develop a plan and uh, the next slide is going to just uh, we're going to take a couple minutes to think about what your theme topic, maybe even the podcast name would be. And nothing is settled, of course we're not we're not going to publish today, but what would your ideal length publishing schedule and just to get the mind uh, working on this, so I just want to take uh, two minutes, and we'll, we'll go till about 1:30 to just quickly write down what your niche is, who you think your audience would be, what what kind of theme would it be? And having some of your first episodes, first uh, topic ep- topical episodes and guests. Uh, having that kind of brainstorm. Who would you like to have on your podcast? Maybe they're big name guests that it will take a while for you to build up, um, build up your own kind of content uh, streams so that a bigger guest will say, hey, I I do want to go on that. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to get big name guests if you're just uh, starting out. And then your format, name of your podcast. And what would be a comfortable publishing schedule based on your current uh, life (laughs) and what are some of the skills you think you need? All right. So hopefully everyone has, uh, you know, just kind of getting those gears moving. Now, when you come out of this and if you hopefully are hyped about, Hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, what the hell we only live once. I'm going to actually do this podcasting thing. You want to start talking about it to people. You, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. Uh, you want to talk about your, you know, this is the topic I want to focus on. This is some of the first episodes. Talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to anyone who will listen, and uh, say, hey, what, what do you think about this? And most people are going to be really excited to give feedback. Uh, there's going to be haters out there too. <laughs> You got to get, you got to get that thick skin too. When they're just like, ah, there's too many podcasts out there. Why do you want to do it? But all that being said, you want to reach out and start, start really manifesting this in your own mind that you're going to do this. And the more you can get feedback from others that will actually help in, um, help guide you in finding what your niche will be and, uh, help with that, that launch. And then at the same time, you, Through that process, you can meet other people who may be interested in starting their own podcast, and you can form a a community that way that is going to be really important because podcasting can be a very lonely endeavor, especially in these times of COVID, where we're oftentimes very isolated and on Zoom all the time. It's really important finding networks and creating networks, the Labor Radio Podcast Network has uh, been a great resource for me and everyone in it. We have weekly meetings where we bring on guests. We talk about different ways to uh, get better at podcasting, everything from distribution to finding your voice. Um, And then within that, we're also amplifying and uh, doing things on social media that uh, really help promote and market uh, everyone's podcast. So, If you are someone who's going to get into labor or labor issues in higher education or something like that, uh, please let me know and uh, be happy to uh, see if it would be a good fit as well to get on something like the Labor Radio Podcast Network. All right. So we are transitioning now to going into some of the production basics. Now, this is going to be pretty high, uh, like, we're going to go through everything that you need to start a podcast. Uh, there is no end in learning. There are people who go to sound engineering school. There are people who have been podcasting and make it look super easy and have been doing it for 20 years and are still learning constantly. And so, it, like I said, this is kind of a, a lifelong passion once you start getting into it. So, the main tools. Microphone and some type of software to help with recording, to help with editing, and then helping with distribution. and but everyone on this call, you're using Zoom, you have a decent enough computer. you all have microphones, you all have cameras. Technically, just with the the computer you have, uh, if you're close enough to the microphone on your laptop or your desktop, and if it's a decent enough microphone, you can start doing uh, podcasts without any of this gear that I'm gonna go over. However, uh, the gear is highly recommended. Now I'm looking at uh, affordable uh, gear. Myself, I don't have an unlimited budget by any means. So this is just one example, the Samson Q2U. That's what I'm using right now. I have an extra one right here, has an on off switch. And you can see under here, it has an XLR cable. It has a USB over here, and then it has a headphone. So my current setup right now is headphones into the microphone and a USB going into the computer, and then just, making sure the audio settings for my computer are able to pick this up. The XLR is something that you have these type of uh, chords, it comes with the pack. An XLR is something where you're gonna need an audio interface. So something like the Focusrite Scarlett, you know, that's two channel. I, I have a, a four channel um, Scarlett right there. So if I wanted to have four different microphones going in, recording at the same time with four different channels, I could do it that way, but that is more advanced than you need. Just something simple with a microphone like this that can go straight into your computer. And this podcasting pack, as you can see, the top left uh, image gives you this little pop filter, as you see right here, goes over the microphone and a little tripod right here. So the only issue with the the tripod on your table, so if I was gonna have a tripod that is sitting on the table and I'm also typing or hitting the table or anything like that, it will pick up sound. So that's why so many people have something like this, a boom arm, and you can get ones for less than $50. Uh, Online, the blue compass one is for about $90. And then having a good pair of headphones can be useful, uh, something that can go over your ear so you can really ensure that you're hearing sound. But I've, uh, I've done very streamlined film production, documentary making, podcasting. You really, money should not be a barrier. I'm, I think anyone can. Um, like I said, you're, we're all on the computer right now. You can do it the way it is. Money should not be a barrier from you, for you podcasting. If you need to just use the headphones that you have, you can use that. And I'm going to go into what is also a very popular microphone. It's the Blue Yeti mic, which we have right here. And that's, this is $100. And you can get the bundle for 150 which gives you the boom arm, the pop filter and headphones. The reason why so many people like the Yeti, it doesn't have the XLR, but you can see that it has the USB plugin right here and headphones that can go right into there. And that USB can go right into your computer. And it also gives you many different types of recording uh, options. So if I'm just recording by myself, It has the setting back here, the cardioid mode, and you can kind of see on the right side of the image that you have stereo mode and the omni-directional mode, depending on if you're trying to capture ambient sounds along with your voice. And the bi-directional is pretty cool too, which gives you the option, if you're interviewing somebody, you could just use this one mic and put it between you two and start working that way. It also has the mute uh, button. It's kind of hard to see with the black. Um, it has the, just the, the uh, volume for your headphones, has the patterns back here, and then this gain function, so that um, if you have this in between you as you're recording, you can turn this gain up and it will record louder onto your recording software. Now, If you get into video and um, because oftentimes we are recording on Zoom and uh, or other different types of platforms. There can be sometimes challenges with uh, the Blue Yeti in the sense that your voice may be a little delayed in the video or the video may be a little delayed with your voice. So that syncing uh, can sometimes present problems, but as a podcast. Starter, microphone, these two are uh, highly recommended in the podcast community. So interviewing, uh, interview recording software. So as I've already mentioned, we have Zoom. Uh, the free version allows you to have three participant participants recording on it at one time. I believe it's capped at around 40 minutes right now, so Uh, If you do go the free version, you need to make sure that your interviews are going to be less than 40 minutes or you shut it off and put it back on. Um, But I would just advise doing it less than 40 minutes if you're going to go the free version. The pro allows you to have 30 hours. Uh, It also allows you to have live stream with Facebook Live and YouTube if you ever want to do a live stream podcast. And it also allows you to have separate channels for your guests. So when you download the recording on Zoom, you can actually separate the audio channels so that if your guest has a different issues on a different microphone, those type of things, you can play around with it. Now, Riverside FM is something that I've been using for more of the video work that I've been doing, but it can also be used for podcasting. And basic uh, plan is $8, and that gives you two hours per month of studio quality audio and video separate audio tracks, separate video tracks. The standard is about $15 a month, records five hours per month of studio quality audio and video. The reason I like the the Riverside FM and it's grown in popularity is that it is uploading to the person's computer and then to the cloud. And so if you're having a interview with someone and we've all experienced it, if the internet connection gets a little choppy, if uh, there's some latency and delay in um, their, their responses, if it gets pixelated, that isn't showing up. That does not show up on the final recording because it has its own separate channel that's recording um, to the person's computer and then it goes up to the cloud. So I've done um, recordings in places like uh, India, Bangladesh, Kenya, to the US, and everyone has different uh, internet Um, bandwidth and there were issues during the live recording but it uh, turned out all right at the end with zoom you can't do that so just a little heads up on that now software audio editing um, audacity it's open source it's free download so anyone can get that Um, it's pretty straightforward. And there's going to provide some resources. And if you go to the website, they also have tons of resources, how to use it. Uh, open source is always uh, something that I try to encourage. Um, the, it provides you with everything you're going to need to help edit your, your interview. Um, it has different ways to use compression. Uh, you can add different types of, uh, if you have multi-channel uh, interview tracks, you can put those in, you can soundscape it, adding um, music and, and those type of things as well. GarageBand uh, is very intuitive. Uh, it's free for Mac users. Um, Final Cut or uh, Logic Pro X is also a higher end GarageBand for Mac users. It's about $200. And then uh, <clears throat> Descript is for $12 a month. And I'm gonna show Descript in the podcast demo in the second half of this uh, workshop. And Descript is an all-in-one tool for audio transcription, podcasting, screen recording. It really came on the scene the last couple of years. And it's incredible because you upload your audio and then it transcribes it for you. And when you're editing, you can actually just go through the transcription and it follows the audio on the bottom. And you can delete sentences, so it makes it very easy to do uh, different types of editing that way, as opposed to hearing it all from ear, either typing out the transcription or um, just trying to pull out little like gems from an interview and trying to highlight those. So it's really is a game changer and I'm excited to show that later. All right, so production, pre-interview and post. So the interview podcast workflow. So everyone's going to have a little bit of a different workflow. It isn't complicated though, but it's important to break down the steps as you think about managing your your podcast. So we already talked about what is pretty much needed to be done. Uh, List all the tasks of your podcast workflow from the first step of come up with the idea, start searching for guests start scheduling interview, preparation, conduct the recording, edit, publish, and then start promoting it. Uh, If your format is just someone, uh, something that you're going to be publishing, doing more of your, um, you're just focusing on your own work and just promoting your own work, and it's a solo host and you're not getting guests in, then obviously you'd be cutting out parts of this workflow. And then even within that, you can break in this over this high-level workflow into subtasks. So as you're starting to look at guests, you can start following the guests on Twitter, start reading their tweets for the last ninety days, read their the guest blog, uh, especially relating to the episode's topic, start preparing a list of questions related to the topic, uh, send the questions to the guests, and um, Develop that rapport with the guest, and make sure that they're on time and those type of things. So that's that's one workflow, and this is a workflow that the podcast "This American President" has used and shared. And you can see the different types of responsibilities for the host, producer, and for marketing. And oftentimes, this is you're going to be doing this all by yourself. Uh, and if you get good enough and you start making money, then you can start hiring out. Or if you join you started up uh, this podcast with someone else to to get it moving. But just pre-production, research, write, title, description, production, record, you have the intro, outro. Want to make sure that you're not using any copyrighted material, of course. And then post-production, editing, getting the the soundscape and the music and then the mastering, making sure the levels are uh, auto-leveled and, and making sure that both people sound pretty good. And then we'll discuss the distribution, having your RSS feed going out to different podcasts, uh, hosts. You know, Having a website will be important in the, the medium term. Coming up with like shorter little audiograms, if you have a 30, 60-minute interview and you just want to put out little 15 second clips or 30 second clips that can get people more interested in the work that you're doing. And Patreon is one way to try to get some funding of audience that like your work and are willing to put anything from two to $20 a month or more. And social media, we will talk about uh, everyone's on it. It's important to have a social media presence and create a podcast uh, identity and brand within that social media. But the email list is also um, more direct marketing. Of course, we have so much, I'm, I'm on so many lists, so much goes in my spam, but I still um, I still obviously receive a lot of that. Uh, and there, there's different ways even now with like text marketing, but that can be a little dicey too because people can be pretty annoyed. Uh, if you're someone like me who's signed up to a bunch of text alerts, I'm getting texts all the time, uh, which can be sometimes frustrating. So that's the final product for this, uh,
1: for the last uh, workflow.
2: So after your why and what, you have your niche, you have a list of topics you would like to discuss for your first season, you have guests you'd like to talk to, you've been building those relationships, you have the outline script, You want to make sure that where you're recording is also somewhere that's gonna be quiet, that you are comfortable, it's kind of your space that um, you can kind of shut the world out. And that is where you're not going to have distractions, especially during the interview, but even during your setup and those, um, those moments. Other things to consider when you get online with someone and you start doing the recording, making sure that the uh, the Internet connection is working. Making sure that the sound is working before you start recording. Uh, Sound clipping is something that you want to be aware of. Oftentimes the guest is going to be too low and you may need to ask the guest to turn up their input on their their computer. Other times um, you're going to have someone write in speaking loudly. And so within Zoom in the bottom left, I have a, on the mute microphone button, I can see my green. And when I go really loud like this, this is clipping and it becomes very hard to edit that in post-production. But you'll have an outline, a script, a framework, and that will help guide you, uh, especially through your first season. And it will help, something for you to rely on if you start making mistakes but you also want to make sure that you're improvising and uh that you're kind of going with the flow with wherever the the interview is going while depending on if you want to hit specific topics you'll you'll have that in your outline so interviewing tips you know it's hard to be present all the time to be present, to be passionate, to be thinking about the technical while you're doing it. That's why um, all the majors are going to have a producer, going to have a sound person. So the person interviewing is oftentimes just completely focused on just the interview. But in our case, we're going to have to learn all of these different aspects while we go through it, um, unless you have a team that you you start out with and you have someone who doesn't want to be on camera and, and maybe just wants to help with the production side of things. So being curious, being passionate about the topic, and there's different types of tactics and strategies and nuances to pull a story from the guest. Obviously, why is uh, the easiest one to go to? Why did the guest do this? Why is something like that? Saying or asking the question, what happened next? Will green light to the guest to continue speaking because... A trained uh, guest will be speaking oftentimes in sound bites while very tight responses. And if you say, well, what happened next? That gives them the okay to continue um, continue speaking and, and um, monologuing, essentially. Getting into the emotive side of things. What were you feeling at this moment? That can uh, be useful in uh, really getting your audience to engage uh, and and really kind of, empathize with what the guest is, has gone through. And if you want the guest to continue speaking without saying what happened next, you know, the mirroring is very important. So I went to the store, you went to the store, (laughs) you know, you just mirror the question back and being comfortable with that, that uh, silence is something that you will learn to love in podcasting and, and interviewing techniques more you can kind of create those those silence uh, spaces, the guests are oftentimes gonna get uncomfortable and can, going to continue wanting to fill that empty space with talking about something. And always be time conscious uh, for the guests sake and also for your audience sake and for your own time in editing. So if you have a 30 minute length podcast, you can do 60 minutes and coverage the idea of like, do, Getting as much coverage as possible and coming back and editing it. That can be good um, in a lot of ways, but you are going to be adding a lot more time on the back end when you're editing. And um, if that is something that prevents you from getting your podcast out, it's going to slow down your momentum and it could eventually become an obstacle that prevents you from continuing this endeavor. So, this is some of the the basic ideas, the post-production editing. You know, you want a hook at the beginning. That may be something that you said or something that your guests have said. And what is your outro call to action? So on the next episode, I'll be speaking with this person or follow me on this, or I will be at this event speaking. You can come to this. Or send in your questions and we'll start covering topics on the audience what the audience likes. Or support me on Patreon and you can read off the names of people who are already supporting you to get more people supporting you on your podcast. Now, finding music and soundscaping the podcast. You wanna just make sure it's royalty free or that you have uh, some type of ownership on being able to license it, which is gonna take money. Uh, I will on the, the, the demo show you where even on YouTube, there's a bunch of free music that you can download. And so we'll, we'll go into some of that royalty free. And then if possible, separate the tracks for each speaker during the editing process, edit out mistakes, distractions, ums, ahs, things like that. Make sure your mic levels are good, fade between tracks, save and export. Now publishing and distribution. So this is where you have to decide what who is your podcast host. And so this is where you're going to be uploading your audio file to, And then from the podcast host, they send it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, every other type of podcast uh, platform. <clears throat> I am going to be showing you uh, Podbean. That's what I've been using. It's $9 and has unlimited downloads per month. Anchor FM is free. And I've also used that as well. It's It's a I mean, free is a great option. There are some uh, podcasters will say, well, you know, Anchor doesn't have all the bells and whistles you'd normally like. Uh, and you do give, a- give up some access to your stats. And they have um, being a free model that uh, hasn't made that much profit. There could be issues in the long run of using something like Anchor. But that all being said, I think Anchor FM is is still really great. Now, Buzzsprout is a little more expensive, but they help with a lot of other things with social media promotion. And uh, you can see it starts at free. And a lot of these that will start with free will then try to upsell you down the line. They'll give you a three-month free um, little trial membership. And then it'll start charging afterwards after you have your RSS feed and you have everything kind of up and running. And for $24 a month, you get up to 12 hours of podcasting. Just get a glass of water. Now I used Libsyn. Libsyn um, is really great on analytics and it starts at $5 a month. But I actually, after using Libsyn for about four or five months, I got really frustrated because uh, one month I had, you know, 10 hours of audio that I was uploading. And they started nickel and diming me after like three of three or four different uh, audio uploads, and it's like, here's you got to pay another five dollars, another ten dollars for an extra uh, MP3 to upload. And after like forty dollars a month for a couple months, I said, you know, I, I want something unlimited upload. So something you do have that is is pretty awesome that you can, if you do start with a podcast host that you don't like you can move to another podcasting platform, taking your RSS feed, your back episodes to somewhere new. So that's, that is, I think, a, a pretty incredible thing with the RSS feed. It is yours pretty much. Uh, and you can bring that to other hosts, but it can be a little bit painful. So I would say try to uh, do your due diligence of like how much money you want to spend and what you're looking for so that you don't have to go through that headache that I did. Now, the publishing, you want to create podcast artwork, and you can use Canva as free, and there's, for a few dollars a month, you can also get the pro account, but you can start off with free, even Google Slides, you can create some clip art, you can hire a graphic designer on Upwork or Fiverr, and um, you want this podcast artwork to be something that really engages your your listeners that can be found because when people are looking at podcasts, if they're just coming to your podcast organically, they're gonna look at the title and the artwork. And that's going to be what sells most people unless you've reached out directly or they've seen you through social media or or if you've been on another show. So you're gonna need your podcast artwork for your actual brand. And then each show you're gonna wanna add and upload a different type of image that will also show up. Having a catchy title and description, figuring out what category it is. And then, all right, you finalize it. And this is this image is from Transistor, which is another um, RSS web feed. And so as you see, you upload it to something like Transistor, and then it'll go out to these different podcasts where people listen. And I will be going through this uh, very shortly here. Now marketing your podcast. So we oftentimes spend all of our energy, all of our resources in creating the content. And then we are just tired. We put our heart and soul into it and then we do very little in marketing it and very little in distributing it. Some One rule of thumb I was given by a friend who's been doing this for a very long time and it's very hard to achieve, but he said, even if you feel like you put your heart and soul in your content creation, that should only be 30% of your resources and time. The other 70% should be on distribution. When there are people releasing films and things like that, they have huge budgets on distribution. Sometimes that is um, almost equal to the, the budget of the actual production. So you want to think about the distribution, having a website can be useful and you can upload your RSS feed. There are free websites for a few dollars a month. You can have your own URL web address for your website, creating short segments. Uh, you can, If you have a season and you're saying, I'm gonna just do a season with five, episodes or 10 episodes that's going to run for three months for the remaining nine months as you're preparing for season two you can be then cutting out little parts of it and keep keep it evergreen keep it moving and keep um sharing different bits of that content and i already mentioned social media email text you know share with your friends and family uh they're obviously not folks that you can rely on in the long term but to just get some of those first initial views and feedback can be helpful. And building networks is going to be really important. Uh, LinkedIn has tons of different groups and networks where you can be posting Facebook groups. There's a labor lines is a Facebook group with like 15,000 people. And, uh, Whenever I do a labor podcast, I put it on there and it, it helps uh, get more views and uh, listens. Newsletters, if you can get into other people's newsletters, start your own newsletter, that can also be a, a, a good opportunity. And then your guests can help amplify your show. And the, the bigger your guest is, the further your show is going to travel, obviously. And uh, other podcast hosts, can, you can be working with them. If you can get on their show, bringing podcast uh, hosts onto your own show can also help with strengthening that network. And let me just show you an idea of a pitch deck that was done. Here, let me just show you this. So through the Labor Radio Podcast Network, this is a pitch deck, it's about seven slides. It kind of helps focus what your podcast is if people are, if you're trying to share it with um, different platforms where you're trying to pitch it and have other folks run it. This is in mass stories of struggle and hope from the working class, Liz Medina. She's based in Vermont. She's a part of the AFL CIO. And it goes a little bit in the genre, description, the launch date a couple of years ago. A little bit of a kind of a headshot about Liz, and then goes into season one and what she's focusing on, stories from the depression era, works progress administration to the present in Bear, Vermont. And so more about season one length, 11 episodes, 20 to 45 minutes each, goes into format and a little more in depth. And then, so it's just seven slides and This will also help you um, if you're able to develop something like a a pitch deck uh, will help really kind of focus your mind of like, this is my niche. This is where I'm going for. This is how I talk about it. This is how my elevator pitch to put it into words, very um, succinctly with uh, and concisely, you'll um, you'll be better at pitching your own podcast. And then you can also email that to folks as well. So let me pull this back up. So getting into other people's blogs and features is always good. And if you're someone with a little extra money, um, social media runs on ads. Oftentimes, unless you're already in a position of uh, where you have a lot of followers and engagement, um, you you oftentimes need to buy ads to get people to look on it, look at your content through social media. But I'm sure there's people on here that can just post stuff and and get a lot of likes. And I also find it very interesting that sometimes I'll put stuff on social media that I find very engaging, short, 15, 20 seconds. And it's this very well-produced little video and it only gets, you know, five, 10 likes or, you know, 50 views. And then I just put like a bad picture of my face there. And the whole like social media is really, you know, about that person, that face. So Kind of getting your face on your brand can can be helpful in helping to sell your brand in some ways, even though uh, some people can be shy and uh, don't wanna do that self-promotion, but it, it can be important on, on these type of platforms. There was this question about uh, monetization, like how can I make money on this podcast? And if you're getting into podcasting to make money, um, good luck. Uh, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of effort and it's, it's going to take a huge learning curve. So I'm not saying don't get into it to become your career, but uh, it's, if that's the only focus you're getting into and it may take years, you're going to quit before you ever start making money. So while podcast revenue is on the rise, starting podcasts solely to earn money uh, is not advisable but the podcast can provide different types of opportunities for you to make money and to further yourself and your career and your publishing and your research and your, your books and things like that. But generally gathering 400 to 500 downloads per episode is when you can start monetizing your podcast as a general guideline. And you can also join things like advertising networks where, they, where you are on a very structured format of when you add your podcast and you have little uh, windows at 30 minutes and maybe 60 minutes and at the beginning. But then you may be getting advertisements that have nothing to do with your topic and that you would never want to endorse on your podcast. So just be, be cautious as you start going down that road. But before you even start going down that road, just make a good podcast and the audience will follow and everything will start following, falling in place as you start going down there if you're really dedicated to it. Other ways that people do is asking for donations, creating paid membership tiers. Uh, Patreon really helps with that. Selling sponsorship or ads. I already mentioned uh, joining an advertising network can try to sell premium episodes, but that's going to has to be very high quality and it has to add value to whoever your audience is that has enough disposable income that want they want to give it to you. And so if a podcast has between 1,000 to 2,500 listeners per episode, a 30-second ad has about $23 uh, per episode, and half of that may go to whoever is helping to find that that revenue. So there may be a 50-50 revenue share model of um, where, the, where the host may get 50% and the person advertising gets 50%. So that's just to give you a little bit of an understanding if you need a lot of listeners to start monetizing it on that, on joining uh, an advertising, an advertising network. But it does help sell the other things too. If, as you become a thought leader, as you become someone who is really bringing people together on the topics that you're passionate about, uh, will lead to public speaking opportunities. You may go into selling e-courses, um, hosting events and, uh, selling affiliate products. We've most of us have heard a podcast where someone is, uh, It's trying to read off uh, a minute-long script of selling something that they agreed to sell. And then uh, launching the podcast. Um, All right. Yeah, so publishing the pre-launch episode with RSS, write the summary of the show, record and edit your first few episodes. You can start with creating a waiting list saying that we are launching on this specific date. And try to have a few episodes uh, already lined up. And at the same time, you want to make sure that you have a few episodes uploaded to your RSS feed even so that it shows up on things like uh, Apple Podcasts. Because if you just start your RSS feed, Apple won't even acknowledge it until you have one or two episodes within your RSS feed. And Apple, Spotify are the two major distributors of podcasts today, though there are many, many more. And it's always good to try to evaluate and track where you are um, looking at the data within your website, on the podcast platforms, on your social, email, open rates, those type of things. But build up over your season, engage your audience, ask for feedback, maybe even if people have time for providing some input of what they would like to see. And fail forward. Uh, Use failure to find success. So you need to be ready to take risks and we can't hold ourselves back from the fear of failing. And to fail forward is just by, just by doing it, you'll learn trying something new and you are empowered through just a simple act of doing something you're afraid of doing. And over time, if this is something that you're interested in doing, you'll continue to do it and it will become a part of you. All right, so uh, we have about a little less than 50 minutes if we're going to go the full two hours. And uh, I'm about to do the podcast demonstration, but I just want to take a couple-minute break and uh, see if anyone has any questions and if someone needs to run to the restroom or something like that. And if not, then I also need a volunteer uh, who I can do a demo interview with, so let me know if you are willing to be a volunteer. All right, uh, hopefully everyone can see the screen. And uh, Kenton, can you see this the screen? Yep, I can. Okay, cool. All right, so I want to do a podcast interview about doing a demo podcast and kind of do this meta thing with Johns Hopkins School of Education. And uh, so that's the idea. I should jump in and say I'm in uh, computer science. So if someone else wants to volunteer, that might make your life easier. Okay, well, we, we can go there if we have no other volunteers. Is there is there anyone who wants to interview or uh, volunteer from School of Education? Because we we can audible, but it it would be great to have. I I have a pre-scripted show, but we can audible, too, if we need to.
0: I'm happy to volunteer if you need someone from the School of Ed.
2: All right, let's, Ken, I really appreciate your volunteering and uh, Dr. Dave Vines. that oh, call me Norman, you got to call me Okay, Norman. all right, all right, I will, all right. Okay, so found my guest and so do some pre-production, start doing some research on Johns Hopkins School of Education. This is how I do it. Every person's going to do it their own way. And so on the research, I have, okay, these are maybe some notes I wanna hit, some points I wanna hit. Looking at their different links, we have Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the website, even Wikipedia I went on. And these are different uh, platforms that also, when I put something out, which I'm not going to do today, but if you're actually putting something out uh, that you want to share widely, you'd want to tag those and and um, those different social media platforms and also help with uh, have them amplify it, let them know that you're going to be tagging them, that you have this content, and hopefully it aligns with what the organization or the person is doing. Now we have uh, our, I'm, I'm going to get off this microphone because we it is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be using Descript for the recording, um, but if I'm going to be doing this with video I'd want to check you know make sure my lighting's good make sure my sound levels are good so Norma could you just say a few words um testing testing one two three all right sounds good to me right there and so I also wrote a little bit of a script and here's an intro I have here I have some questions here a little reminder of like okay what how can I try to engage this guest a little more and then have an outro here. And and I'll show you why uh, this is relevant. And then I will be using Descript and we'll be uploading the interview with cleaner sound, removing any ums and ahs uh, with an intro hook at the beginning, little soundscape, adding the interview, outro, I'll save and export and then we'll upload it with some art. um, And then I'll put it on my Podbean, create an RSS feed, I'll upload it to the website, and add the show notes. And I've, I've done a lot of this beforehand. And you can see some of the show notes that I've already got down here. All right, so let me open up Descript. And Now, this is why I am highly recommending if you have the $15 a month, and if this is something that uh, you're very interested in doing with podcasting, this is one of the most incredible software uh, that I've, I've ever seen in, in my editing career. But let me get off the headphones and we're gonna be going through my computer sound uh, for the interview as well. All right, so there may be a little bit of a feedback but here we are and as you can see, you have two lines here on the first line here. Actually, let me, I'm still, you can still see the screen all right with uh, Descript, Norma? Yes. Cool. So you see on the blue line is some music and on this lower line, I have an intro. I'm gonna put the interview right here and then I have the outro. So. We can see how this this works. Hello, hello, my dear guests. We it from the beginning. Hello, hello, my dear guests. My name is Evan Papp, and I'm the executive producer of Empathy Media Lab, where we publish content on labor, political economy, art, and culture. We are mixing it up today. As part of Johns Hopkins School of Education faculty development podcasting demo, I'll be interviewing one of the participants. Based in Baltimore, Maryland, the Johns Hopkins School of Education has been developing education leaders for more than hundred years. 2017 marks the first decade of its renowned School of Education. The school is ranked among the top graduate schools of education by U.S. News and World Report. Their mission is to generate knowledge to inform policy and practice and educate society to address the most important challenges faced by individuals, schools, and communities. So I have the honor and privilege to interview a participant of this workshop as a podcast demonstration. All right. All right. So this is what we're going to this is where we're going to put the interview in. Now, you can do this intro at the beginning, actually during the recording, but just for streamlining purposes. And if you're someone like me, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to like the way something sounds. Uh, this gives you tremendous ability to say, okay um, So right now we're at 55 seconds when you see the top up here. And so maybe say based in Baltimore, uh, I need to cut out um, this little section right here. And so you can go Control D and now it just takes out that entire spot. Uh, So it's an incredible thing that allows for very fast editing, but I wanna keep that in there. Uh, It also gives you playback speed opportunity. Here, let me. You can do different playback speeds. You can shorten word gaps. You can also um, remove ums and ahs. And then it has some great uh, software that allows you to do things that um, allow studio sound and things like that. But before we go there, we are going to conduct this interview. And just to send you these uh, questions in the chat here. So I do my due diligence and give you uh, these are the questions I'm going to ask. And all right, so normally I would be interviewing on something like Riverside FM or Zoom and then I'd be uploading to Descript. But for this interview, we're going to be just recording directly to this. And I'm not going to use the intro, but I will. Uh... All right, all right. So just checking my uh, audio levels. And Norma, could you uh, just say your name to make sure we have uh, the proper, the, the right sound?
0: Norma Devines. Vines.
2: Okay. And let me just stop that there and make sure we got that. Uh, So you can see, obviously, I'm closer to the microphone, it's going to be a little bit different on the right sound.
0: Norma Day Vines.
2: Okay. And you hear that little uh, crackle.
0: Norma Day Vines.
2: So we're gonna have to add a filter and Descript does have the studio sound. I'll show you how that works as well. But We're going to go right into the first question, and this will only take a couple minutes so that we can get uh, finished the rest of the demo. So, Norma, thank you so much for volunteering on this demo podcast, but could you begin by saying what your name is and what your title is?
0: My name is Norma Day Vines, and I am Professor of Counseling and Educational Studies and Associate Dean for Diversity and Faculty Development.
2: So what led you to higher education?
0: Well, I was a school counselor for six and a half years in um, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I decided I wanted to go back to graduate school for the intellectual stimulation, not thinking about um, higher ed. Uh, And then I got a fellowship, and one of the requirements of the fellowship was that you pursue higher ed.
2: Very cool. So could you talk a little bit more about what that fellowship was about?
0: It was um, Patricia Roberts-Harris Doctoral Fellowship, and it was a fellowship that was designed to um, encourage ethnic minority students to pursue um, higher education. Um, My background is counselor education, and... um, So our our program qualified for it and I was um, recommended and I accepted it because it came along with a stipend and that was the only way I would be able to go back to graduate school.
2: Understand that Uh, the cost of higher education is definitely one of the issues right now. So could you talk about what your role is currently at Johns Hopkins School of Education?
0: So um, I work in the Office of Diversity and Faculty Development, and we do a lot around uh, providing professional development activities for faculty around scholarship and teaching sort of like this workshop today. Um, The role was recently expanded to focus on diversity, so we address issues related to diversity, equity and inclusion and sort of thinking about how we can infuse that into aspects of the School of Education. Right now, we're um, getting ready to launch our equity audit where we um, do a systematic review of how um, DEI is embedded in, in the School of Education and think about our strengths and areas for improvement.
2: Well, that leads me to my final question. So taking a step back, what would you like to improve from your perch in higher education and the entire US education system? Where, where are some places where? you would really like to see change happen?
0: Um, the, one of the ways I would like to see change happen is uh, to for schools to begin teaching about the history of the country in earnest and, and to move away from these sanitized versions of history that um, have all of these negative ripple effects.
2: Great. Well, I can't wait till we get to that point as well. And I really thank you again for volunteering and thank you for your time.
0: Thank
2: you. All right. Cool. So, you know, it's a little awkward. Obviously, we're in this uh, this demo here. But uh, let me get back on the microphone and it may just take a minute for the Descript to process it. All right. Uh, can you hear me all right? Okay, cool. All right, so now we are in this process of looking at what did we just get? So you can see right here, uh, um, actually I'm gonna, let me, I'm gonna still need to not use this mic like that. So let me get the, I'll
1: put it here on the,
2: while we're editing
1: and listening to it here, so.
2: So uh, finish the the rest of the demo. So so we have Um, a thank uh, you so you can look at that. You can say remove filler words right here. So you hit that, sees all the ums and ahs. My speech is rife with it. So you can go right here and apply to all. Mm
1: -hmm. And you see
2: in the bottom right it's just cleaning it up for
1: me right there. And so I'm looking at this and
2: I see uh, what is the kind of first statement here, finish the, the rest of the demo. So Norma, all right. So I start right there. We can just quickly delete that there. Norma, thank you so much for volunteering on this demo podcast. But could you begin by saying what your name is and what your title is? All right. So I just for my own um, review, let may just keep myself like what where I'm speaking. And my name is Linda and I
0: am Professor of Counseling.
2: And let me just quickly also just show you the. I'll add this as this is going on as well. Um, so right here is Studio Sound, so it's going to clean it up just with the press of a button. And this would normally take sound engineers trying to get the hiss of the fan on my computer, quiet and all that other things. Very, very challenging to do. But everything with the AI. So you can see in the bottom right, applying studio sound, that may take a minute. So Norma, thank you. We'll get right there. My
0: name is Norma Dave Eyes and I am professor of Council of Education Studies in this.
2: So you can hear that the studio sound just took effect. So, what led you to higher education so here that's where i'm at again we'll just kind of get there
0: well i was a school counselor for six and a half years and i decided i wanted to go back to graduate
1: school
2: all right so she's very articulate we'll kind of just move ahead for the point of this so where am i again so
0: i work in office
2: so here i am again on this next question
1: There's not a whole lot
2: to take out of it here.
1: Faculty around scholarship and teaching. So I like this workshop
0: today. The room was recently expanded to focus on diversity. So we address issues went into diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: And you can hear also, though, that there's a little bit of a, it, the studio sound makes it um, kind of almost overproduces it. But that also is because we're recording it uh, the way we have. So keep going on. Um, so. So you can see there well. What... Well, that leads me to my final question. So taking a step back. All right. So where are you? Some places where you would really like to see change happen. The... All right. So that's me here. And for whatever reason, change happened. one of the ways. Wave, so it, it kind of jumped right there as it took out an um and ah that I, I may have done. So you can also add Little one second gap right there. Change happen.
0: One of the ways I would like to see change happen is to force schools to begin teaching.
2: So if you're like, okay, we all do this, change happen is, you can just say, okay, let's take out that two. And so get that four
1: right there
0: happen is, for schools to begin teaching about the history of the country in earnest and, and to move away from these sanitized versions of history that have all of these negative ripple effects.
2: Great. Well, I can't wait till we get to that point as well. And I really thank you again for volunteering and thank you for your time. All right. Cool. Okay. So just take that little part out there. That's me there. And now we are going to take this file and I'm going to copy and paste it. So copy, podcast demo. All right, we got this here. Let me move this interview right here, paste it. And you can see it was pasted right here. Let me add a little gap there. And I know this may seem kind of crazy if you're um, just coming on, but So just we've already listened to the first part. Let's make sure that this kind of comes in here uh, demonstration. Norma, thank you so much for so, so it's a little hot in there. Um, you can do auto level and clip on here as well where it, the auto level kind of tries to meet where the rest of the the audio is, and that's just a right-click on the script. Your name is and what your title is.
0: My name is Movedray Bowlings, and I am Professor of Counselor of Education Studies and Associate Dean for Diversity and Impact and Development.
2: And so just another thing to consider if you're editing, you can see on this um, timeline right here, I'm much hotter over here on the left. You may sometimes need to turn things up um, if you did something like, and we're not we're not going to go through it today. Oops! But if you wanted to um, turn her up right here, you could add a little frame here, and then turn that up right there. So, what your title is. My name is Melva Dra and I am professor of counselor education studies and associate. And you can see the studio sounds a little. At the ears. At the you was too and. Hit or miss on this one. So anyway, well, let's turn that down. And just for the sake of making sure that the outro is all right. I can't wait till we get to that point as well. And I really thank you again for volunteering and thank you for your time. All right. So there's little clip right there you just want to take that out there there's this four second and make that a little shorter and it may be hard to see from your screen now let's get the music back in kind of get this up here great time well thanks again for being the brave volunteer and the audience can learn more by visiting JHU. so i i don't like that thanks again for being brave Volunteer. let's just take that out there. And the audience can learn more by visiting JHU School of Education website, which will be in the show notes, and subscribe to their Education Matters newsletter for updates on bold ideas in education. Thanks for listening. This is Evan Papp signing off for signing Empathy off. Off. Media Lab. Remember, union solidarity forever. So I'm signing off for Empathy Media Lab. Yeah, so we have all that. Now, I'm going to just do an export here, the audio, and you can also export the transcript and things like that, and let's export it. All right, got that there, save. Now, you can see down here, it's going to take a couple minutes, so in the meantime, let me bring this over here. and just to make sure you can still see my uh you can still see the uh google doc i have right here is that okay cool so here we are got the questions got everything going on there i already added the audio um but i grabbed the audio from thestudioyoutube.com and you can see starred right here. This is the audio I took. Uh, you can just download it right there. And so I was able to grab the audio this way. Now I'm also going to create a little art on what we're doing here. So I just grabbed the logo, Johns Hopkins School of Education. This is using Canva, and it has a free option. It also has a pro option. Trying to get the font, trying to make it look kind of nice. Colors are a little bit off, but um, you know, this is we're this is not going out uh, permanently or anything like that. So, got Canva. Uh, you can download it here. Gives you options: PNG, JPEG, uh, different sizes, transparent background. Uh, Canva is a very uh, user-friendly, pretty awesome thing to have here. Now, this is my Podbean account. So the audio export is completed. All right. So let me just uh, log in here. And we have,
1: uh, here, let me grab that real quick. All right. So I already started
2: a little, uh, I've already kind of wrote the show notes here. And here, let me first get the audio all right so here we have the podcast demo I got the clip art or the the out the images got the transcript that we just did
1: or or this is where we're at
2: whoops, just making you want to listen to it before you upload obviously hello it's demo podcast but could you begin by saying what your name is and it's
0: designed to encourage elementary students to pursue higher education
2: My... so taking a step back and ideas in education okay so we thanks for listening more or less have a podcast uh, interview here and so This is what I'm looking at Um, when we go in here, I would start a new episode. So I'm I'm at the $9 a month Podbean and I have a draft here that I've already made for podcast demo. So I haven't selected a file yet. Let me select that file and all right. And here's the podcast demo and got it right here. So I'm going to upload that right there. Okay. So got the image here. This is where if we're uploading an image, that's what we're going to use. I have an overview here. and I see that I need to kind of change this up.
1: uh and then just add a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about
2: and similar to my script that i'm actually copying and pasting right into here you can learn more by visiting jhu's school of education website subscribe to their education matters newsletter for updates and bold ideas in education and then some additional links and some Different hashtags here. All right. So we have everything we need. Now, if I was doing add time slots, you can actually add pre roll, mid roll, post roll, and say season number, episode number. But I'm not worrying about anything like that. But I am, I don't want this to go out to my channels right now because it is a demo. So I'm turning off all of that. And I'm going to publish it now. All right, so I have a link right here, uh, episode URL. So if I copy that, you can see what it looks like here. All right, so it's up right now. And we got knowledge to hire crossfire perch. Easy enough. And but I want to embed this on my website, so. This is a embeddable player. This is the widget code. And I kind of set it up here. You have the, the art here. So I'm going to copy this iframe, go to my Wix page, which I've already obviously uh, been it up. So let me just
1: update here.
2: All right, so I want to add the podcast right here. Little HTML code, copy and paste.
1: All right, let's make that wider.
2: Here we go. All right, so got everything here. And now I use Wix. Canva is very simple as well. WordPress, um, it's pretty simple. Everything is getting so darn intuitive right now, it's it's incredible. to get more bells and whistles and features, you you know you do need to spend about $10 a month for a website nowadays. All right, so I go in here, look at the settings, can add additional info on SEO, what the URL will be. I'm not gonna let search engines uh, find it. This is what it's gonna look like if it previews on social media. And, All right, so it looks good enough. I can add some categories that I've been using art and culture, labor and immigration, political economy, community activism. But I'm just going to let this be right now. So hit publish.
1: And we can view on the website here. And I'll put it in
2: the chat there. And Now, uh, Norma, I will only leave this up for a a little while longer. So (laughs) we don't have to uh, have this uh, necessarily public. But if anyone wants to look at the links, that is there. And you'd want to be tagging and then adding this social media. I'd be tagging Johns Hopkins. JHU uh, school of education i'd be sharing it with norma having her try to share it with her very large linkedin group and uh following and try to get more eyes and ears on this short podcast so that right there um trying to go in through the checklist have the show notes export upload and then distribution and i could even share it with friends and family and and um, followers who may not um, get everything that I, I put up. So, all right, I'm gonna move this over here and move this back here. And we are getting to the end of the workshop and let me just change, get my headphones in. All right, I think, can you hear me all right now with this, okay. Cool. All right. So as I mentioned, I will be sharing the slide deck and a video of the recording and also provide uh, additional resources to follow up on a little bit of a checklist as you're going through to start your own podcast. And um, I'm also available. So, uh, you know, things kind of ebb and flow and uh, the next couple of weeks are gonna be a little crazy for me, but I'm Happy to connect with folks if you have additional questions and if this is something that you are interested in pursuing. so with that though, I do want to um, really open it up. Uh, I've been speaking for almost an hour and forty five minutes here. so are there any questions, comments? I know it's a lot to digest, but as you can see too, we were able to um, to really kind of go through the full process in a very short amount of time so it's not impossible. It's, it's very easy. It takes, it takes some time getting used to. And, um, for myself too, I don't think there will ever be a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done learning. You know, I'm a couple hundred episodes and audio files in, I think by time I get to a thousand, I'll be a a true master, but even then I'll, I'll continue, um, continue learning. So, and yeah, thanks for, for the comments as well. So any, questions, comments, or should we leave it at that?
1: Um, I had a quick one. What happens, so I saw that you were able to upload
2: through Podbean to like YouTube, right? Which is a video platform, at least that's how I think of it, right? What sort of differences happen there, especially with like Descript or something? If you're editing out parts of audio or removing things around, how's that gonna affect anything that's uploaded to YouTube? Or is
1: it just kind of like a black when you're just doing audio?
2: Yeah. So uh, YouTube and different types of um, uh, podcast uh, distribution platforms have different types of uh, settings. So the YouTube will oftentimes use, and it's it's kind of weird because with Podbean at my level, I'm allowed to put out like four different per month. Uh, If I, so the first four audios that I check YouTube, it will go to YouTube with the 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 art that i put on to the file and what we did with within um the the d script and that we exported that's pretty much what's going to be showing up on pod on youtube with an image of um what we added to podbean does that answer your question
1: yes it does thanks okay cool I have a question, um, I, I, I find this really overwhelming, but it looks like a lot of fun, but um, I think what overwhelmed me was the 30% content, the 70% marketing, because marketing, I, I don't have a social media um, presence, but my question, my, my first idea for my theme, I have that, was I'm going to do a blog, and then um, I'm thinking a, a podcast. So. Do you just want to comment on blog versus con uh, podcast? Because I, I did want to have an interview f- format.
2: I, I think they complement each other incredibly well. And mm-hmm. I think um, you, you should do both. And I, the blog will also help formulate kind of the parameters of your podcast. Or if you do a podcast, that can help really kind of write the blog as well. If you're doing a QA and you're kind of pulling the transcript out of it and highlighting uh, your, your guesswork and maybe the work that you've been doing um, in a similar vein with that of your guest. So I think the more different, as they say, the more different touches you can have with your audience um, from whether it's the writing and also the audio, the more engagement you can have for different types of audiences of how they process and get their media. Um, So I, I, I think that's great. And don't let the 70-30 thing um, prevent you from starting. That is, um, I, I totally agree. It's overwhelming. And for myself too, I'm guilty of oftentimes, you know, putting my heart and soul and like being very um, just tired and having to move to the next project to try to distribute it. And that's also where um, if you're able to get affiliation with getting John, uh, Johns Hopkins School of Education, they have a comms team. Maybe you want to kind of work with them beforehand and say, hey, this is something I'm going into, and what, what is the best way to do this so that um, I can be highlighting the school while also not necessarily representing the school with my personal views, but that you can also help with amplifying of it. And you, I'm sure you'll, you'll get some great uh, feedback for that. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, uh, Norma and Joe, uh, I'll give it back to you. And I I just wanna thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, I think podcasting is a great way to learn about the world, to learn more about yourself and to get your message and your work out there, so.
0: I just wanna say thank you very much, Evan. This was very helpful and informative and sort of you took us through all the steps um, in rapid succession, but it you made it. You made us, at least for me, you made it seem like it's doable. When I think about people doing podcasts, I always assume that this is something that has to be done professionally, and you have to invest an enormous amount of money in it before you know something will materialize. But I really appreciate what you've shared with us today, and I think others will too. Um, the recording will be archived, so uh, people will have an opportunity to come back and and click on it again. So. Thank you for your time. Joe has put a survey in the, for those of you that attended, Joe has put a survey in the chat and if you'll um, complete that and give us feedback about today's presentation. But thank you again, Evan. I just wanted to say, you may have met Mary Beth before, but she's our marketing director.
2: Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, well, I I believe, yeah, we shared some emails and... Mm Yeah, would love to um, connect on the back end. And uh, also if there are anything uh, that you can share on the feedback too, I'm always trying to improve myself. So I would love to hear feedback on how I can do better next time. All right.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Thanks,
1: everyone.